everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Grit with me, Robert Young. As the old saying goes, when one door opens, another one closes. So we dropped my son off at North Carolina University last Friday. He's 18 years old. He's a good kid. But man, was he just ready for his independence and freedom. You know, not that we were helicopter parents, but just now he can kind of come and go as he pleases, runs his own schedule, and he doesn't feel like we're watching his every move, which... We weren't, but as a parent, you look forward to them gaining their independence. At the same time, it's an end of an era. It's the end of having my kids at home all the time, and this will definitely take getting used to, but we're working on it. So this week, my guest is Jimmy Cantor. I've known Jimmy for about 10 years now. Um, Tragedy struck him and his family nearly 13 years ago. They dropped their four-month-old daughter off at daycare. She took a nap, never woke up. It's a parent's worst nightmare. She passed away from SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. Recently, he started a fund called For Joss Fund, an organization to raise awareness for SIDS and to raise money to provide parents with newborns a device called the Owlet Smart Sock. Now, this sock is something that newborns wear while they're sleeping, and it can track their vital stats such as heart rate, respiratory rate, and blood oxygen levels. Today, we talk about the organization, the sock, and how to deal with the loss of a child and much more. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, hot tea, and enjoy the show. up jimmy how's it going rob it's good it's good how's your day thus far thus far has been good productive day work-wise um yeah been a good day good yeah. go to the gym did got a workout in sweat a little bit yeah got the mind right did you do anything other than the designated workout i did not do one thing of the designated workout today <laughs> <laughs> i did the whole thing Looked fun. I think I did something very similar yesterday, so I didn't want to repeat. Okay. So, yep. Did you follow the program from the Sugarwad app yes. yesterday? Yes. Where you did like the three workouts. It was like a workout, then rest two minutes, and then workout with the cleans. Yes. That was actually looked like a really good one. It was. It was really good. It was really tough. Was it? Yeah. I was glad it was. I would have never written it that heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really glad that it was because it was. Yeah, it just pushes you. Yes, it was spicy. That's like s Saturday. You know, you just you end up pushing yourself a little bit more than usual. So Jimmy, I've known Jimmy for almost 10 years now, and I met him through CrossFit, which I've met a lot of my people is through CrossFit. So that's what we were just kind of talking about CrossFit. But um your week going good? Week's been good. Yep. Good. Yeah, month's been good. Week's been good. It's been, uh, you know, got through the holidays and mm -hmm. on to the new year. So far, so good. Yeah. But we're only... <laughs> That's maybe, right. Maybe, what are we, 10 days into it? 10 days in. days into it. But we're in Carolina, so... I know, it's sunny out. It, Even if it's cold, it's freezing out, but at least the sun's out. That's right, and it'll be spring in three weeks, yes. four weeks. There'll, yes. be, there'll be buds on the trees. Unbelievable. Yep. That's what I like about it. When we were in Michigan for the holidays, we were in our old hood, and 
we woke up the next morning to the snow and the snowfall. And that night we went out and like three drinks into it, Nicole was dreaming of moving back here, you know, into the snow. <laughs> I was like, and if we could get our same house, it would have to be in the same house. But, and then it went to, well, we'll just kind of come for the summer. And then we decided, yeah, it was such a stupid idea. Right. So, so anywhere. the good thing is when you were there, you didn't once have to shovel snow, did you? No. That was, that would have been the, you should have made someone shovel snow before you have that discussion. If you're moving back. I did have to scrape the windows once. Oh, that was it. That is terrible. That was it. That, it, it was one of those windshield frosts where you would take your credit card and just scrape out a small little spot and then drive. Right. But now I'm much more mature and I only do it once every three years. So I scrape the whole windshield. Yeah. So the That's other sick. day, the other day I have that, that 1968 Ford F100. Mm-hmm. And it was frosted on the inside. Well, on the inside? On the inside. It was great. So there must have been just enough condensation to freeze on the inside. And I, I did this scrape and leaned to the side. It was it was so wonderful. How long did it take to warm up to finally? Oh, like a solid 15 Did it minutes. even happen? Oh, it was prob- probably five starts before it would idle. <laughs> and then a, a good 15 minutes to idle before it was ready to go. Oh, my God. That thing's amazing. <laughs> amazing. So... I'm having Jimmy on the show, and um, what we're going to talk about and much more is a fund, and he has started a fund, and it's for Joss Fund, and what I'll have him explain what the fund is, what he's doing with it, and then we'll kind of get a little deeper understanding of why he started this fund. So give the people a little explanation on what you're doing. So the fund is uh, the four Joss fund um, runs mainly through Instagram and uh, Venmo is a fund we started um, for to honor my daughter who passed away from SIDS uh, in 2009. It uh, we started it um, just under a year ago. Um, and what we do is we have a main fundraiser that's coming up here in a few months. We sell t-shirts. Um, all of the proceeds go to buying what's called an outlet device. Um, and that is a device that a baby can wear a newborn to one year old, actually up to 18 months can wear on their ankle. It looks just like a sock to them. And it gives real time live feedback to the parents on their phone of, you know, critical information. So not just that the baby's sleeping, but heart rate, blood oxygen level, um, breathing rate, respiratory rate, blood ox, you know, so you can get a lot of good peace of mind with the device. Um, and so, yeah, that's, we, uh, we provide those to families, um, sort of free of charge and how's it been going? It's been, it's been unbelievable. Yeah. I, I can't believe from where, this started in my head to where it is and my initial goals to where we are right now is uh, is mind-blowing to me with what I thought would be a, a fun, great way to remember my daughter and give away a few devices that I thought would help some people to, you know, really, it's a small business at this point that luckily, you know, because everybody who helps me is has, has other jobs. It doesn't take a ton of time, but it really, it's rewarding for me 
it's a great way for me to remember my daughter. And it is very moving when you, when I get to deliver one of the devices in person and to kind of see, I mean, you remember being a new parent and the stress that you're under and you probably haven't slept in, you know, seven days since the baby was born and your world just changed dramatically because, you know, all of a sudden there's another human being in your life that, you know, you have to care for 100%. So a lot of times I'm meeting, the majority of what we've given away have been new parents and I'm meeting these people kind of right at their worst moments, but they're so grateful and so gracious with their time actually when I'm there. Cause I really just want to drop it off, say thank you and wish them luck. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, uh, just getting to know the families and stuff. It's, it's been amazing. So it's been, it's been a, it's been a wonderful experience for me. Is this the only device like it's kind out there or are there other devices like it? As far as I'm aware, it's the only device there's probably some competing, you know, we're going to keep an eye on that actually, because there's, Outlet has pulled the device right now because they're looking for FDA approval. Okay. Um, so we have a stock uh, that we that we have purchased to keep us going through the year, but we will be looking at maybe some competitive devices as well, just because if they don't come back online, obviously we need something else to give away. So. Right. And why did FDA step in? Do you know? I, I don't know the full story, but the the few people I've talked to. It was originally under a monitoring device, and now it's being classified as a medical device, which I think is probably good for Outlet, the company. But you have to, you know, the FDA asks you to pull the device or cease all sales, I believe is the letter I received. They have to cease all sales while they're evaluating if they're going to grant it FDA approval. It could actually make it better. Yes. Right? Yes, for sure. I think it's good, and I think it's something needed, and it's a peace of mind, and that's probably it. You know, because once you put the baby down, you put that sock on, it's kind of a peace of mind that everything's going to be okay. And um, so I think there just, there needs to be some kind of checks and balances with regard to the device and what it's being used for. And this device also will sound an alarm if any one of those metrics falls under a safe number. It will sound an alarm on any device that's connected to the same Wi-Fi and on the sock itself to hopefully startle the baby and wake it up if its breathing rate has gone down below a certain amount. We, we send a letter with everything basically saying, you know, this is just peace of mind mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully helps you, you know, helps you get some rest and, and ease your worries as well. And we've been, you know, contacted by people we've given devices to that have had alarm sound and they're beyond grateful. Were you even, you know, I remember when we had kids and when they were babies and you always you kind of heard of the SIDS of sudden infant death syndrome and it was always kind of in the back of my mind and I remember the first time the baby slept all night long where it didn't wake you up at three and I'm telling you I kind of levitated out of bed not that I was like woohoo slept all night but holy cow something might be wrong right and up I went and, and luckily it wasn't God, it has to be one of the hardest milestones in somebody's life when they lose a child like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is with me every day, has been every day since, you know, August 6, 2009. Um, you know, not, 
not to overstate it, but you know, not an hour goes by that I don't think about it. Mm -hmm. I'm on some level, um, whether it's a nice thought or whether it's a sad, you know, thought or whether it's a gut wrenching thought, you know, it's, it's always present. It's something that never goes away. And I've accepted that it's never going to, it's, it's something I will never forget, you know, and not you would ever forget it, but it's something that will shape what I do the rest of my life, no matter what I'm doing. So was it, um, was it at home? Did it have, where did, so, you know, our, our story is both the kids. So I, I have a son named Jack as well. Um, both the kids were at daycare and we went to a concert. And so they were staying a little longer at daycare than they normally would have. And we got a phone call at the concert and I instantly knew, um, just by the, the tone of Megan's voice that life was never going to be the same. Mm. Um, whether or not she had passed away or not was still in question, but I knew things were not things. I just knew somehow that things were not going to be the same. Um, and we got to the hospital and, you know, I don't mind going in depth with, uh, with, with, you know, anything, mm-hmm. um, but in short order, we, we found out they had been working on her for, you know, over an hour and a half with no response and that, you know, it was time to call it. And, you know, then starts the process of, you know, the, the stark realization that your life has changed forever for the, for the worst. And, you know, you, you, you have to deal with it in your own way and you have to heal from it your own way. And you, you know, you need the support of community and you need the support of family. And, you know, it's, it's a club that, that those of us who have lost children don't want to be a part of, but you're, you know, you're part of that club forever. So Mm -hmm. did you, the, I'm sure the moments and months and years after it happened, um, do you still, I'm trying to, I'm trying to form a question to try to help somebody out there that may have recently gone through this or somebody who went through something like this years before and yet still haven't been able to cope with it. Yes. Like how, how did you guys deal with it and help you, you heal? So I I would, I would hedge and say, I'm not fully healed, but I'm, I feel good in recognizing that fact. And I don't think I ever will be fully healed, but what is, um, you know, I think there are for anybody who is going through this, there are levels. And, you know, for me, the initial level was get back to some normalcy of life. I remember the day after I cut the grass because I was craving to do something normal that, you know, didn't cause me any brain power. So for that, you know, that time frame, it was really just relying on daily activities to literally keep you breathing and, you know, mundane things of someone needs to make dinner. Okay. I'll make it. And literally having to think yourself through that entire thing, or you weren't going to eat that day. And there were probably days that we didn't eat, you know, with the exception of, I would imagine we got Jack food and we were assigned a counselor from the church who was fantastic, but I don't know how trained they were. Um, they would check on us to make sure that, you know, we were functioning and, you know, and I think you can get to a point of function fairly quickly. Um, but 
I can only give my journey. And in the last 18 months, I realized I had not healed. I had numbed a lot and I had shoved down a lot of feelings. And I had, you know, I was clearly, you've known me for 10 years, you Mm -hmm. know, I was a functioning human, but emotionally, I had not really dealt with it in a way that needed to be dealt with. I didn't know how to process a lot of my feelings. So I, I so we're talking, you know, 13 years later, I, I went out and sought out professional help again. And I think, um, I think anybody who goes through this, I think you will be, you should, I don't, I will say you should. I don't like telling people what to do, but I would I would say you should seek professional help on a regular basis. You're going to feel good for a while and then you're going to remember some things or you're going to start feeling loss that you either haven't felt in a long time and you're going to need help getting through that. And I think a professional is the best way to do it. Even if you think you don't need help, I think it's I I think it's in your best interest to to seek professional help mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Talk about it. Talk about it and let the professional get to something that you don't know why you're hurting. And it may take a few hours, a few sessions, a few tears, a few boxes of Kleenex, but you will you will finally get to that and maybe get some, a little bit of peace to where you're at peace for a while. And then it's probably going to happen again. Like I said, this is going to be with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm sure that you took a period where you just buried it. Yes. Like I I got to because that's the whole thing in and a lot of people. They're like, "Well, I've just got to keep busy busy and, and if I keep busy enough, then I'm going to move through it and then whatever I was dealing with will go away." And doesn't always go away, especially something, a, a tragedy like that. Yes. It very, I would say it almost never goes away. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. And, and I would say most mental health issues like that, they don't go away. You, you bury them. You try and cover yourself in work. You try and cover yourself in workouts at the gym or whatever. But what you're running from typically is still there. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very rarely would I say that that is actually, it's not that it doesn't help the situation, but it's not going to get you over that hump. Yeah, it probably, it'll never get you over the hump. Right. And it's funny, you know, with the kids and, and you're going to go through it and you're probably going through it now, you know, where you, you're always thinking about them. You're always worried about them. You're always wondering are they doing the right thing? Are they, you know, and, and kids look at you like you're crazy and leave me alone and I'm fine. But, you know, it's it's just something as humans, when we have that and we've created that, that they're just with us forever. Right. It doesn't matter if they're in college. It doesn't matter if anything happens. They're with us forever. Right. And so have you been, do you wish you would have gone therapy earlier on? Yes. 100%. I wish I'd gone therapy earlier on. I didn't see a need for it. Um, like I said, we talked to a counselor, uh, but I wish that we had done therapy immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what that process would have been like because we didn't do it, but I, I can only speak for myself again. I clearly needed therapy before I went and found it. Um, so, you know, yes, I wish, I wish I did. And, and the whole mental health, I don't want to say industry, but the whole 
thing of mental health has grown, you know, in popularity over the years. When you and I were coming up and we were growing up, all you saw was in the movies and you'd see somebody laying on the couch and you would have the therapist and you're like, I, I don't need that, you know? And now it's so different. It's so interactive and you, you talk and you figure things out and they ask questions to pull things out of you that you never even thought was there. Correct. And I just, it, Maybe there was just a misconception on it and there's so many people that need it. Well, there's so many people that need it. And from a, from a male standpoint, there's so much machismo as, you know, I can handle this. I've got this. I don't need help. I can get done with, I can get over this. This is just a being tougher thing. This is just a, you know, I can be stronger. I I don't, you know, and that's, as far as mental health, depression, anything like that is concerned, that's, that's not the case. It's not, it's not be stronger. It's not tough this out. It's you're, you're hurting. It's okay to say you're hurting and talk to somebody who can really help. Mm -hmm. Friends are great. Friends are awesome. But like you said, a, a, a professional therapist, you're having a conversation with them and you don't even know they're going somewhere. And all of a sudden you find yourself there mm-hmm. and you're like, Holy cow. That's like that. I just feel a relief of, you know, of, of emotion that, you know, has been built. I didn't even know it was, you know, I couldn't, couldn't pick why it was weighing me down, but we just had this 45 minute conversation and it got me to a headspace that I'm now really good. And that's, I think it's, I, I worry about males, not that I don't worry about females, but I, they tend to, they tend to be able to say I'm hurting a lot faster than a male can. Yeah. So I, I do worry about that with a lot of our friends, with a lot of, you know, people who are owning their own business and just, you know, they think they can just work their way out of a lot of their struggles. And God, I just wish they would reach out to, to, and check in once a month, once a quarter with a professional to see where they are. It's so funny because People will, at the drop of a hat, call somebody and say, hey, I need help doing this, or I need help with figuring out how to get my more followers and Instagram and this, but through times of stress and low periods, they can't reach out to somebody else and say, man, I am struggling with this. Yep, that's exactly right. And it's just to ask for help. And it's, and there's people out there that are, are ready to help you right? if you need it. And there, there's really, you think about it, there's no difference from you calling me and saying, Hey, can you help me put up some drywall? Should be the same thing. Should be the same thing. Yep. And I don't know why it, it has that stigma, you know, in, in the, I'm, you know, this person's weak or this person, why? Right. I don't get it. And I don't know if that is just our generation coming up. And it could be, you know, because like I said, you didn't hear about it. Right. You hear about it a lot now, but we still don't hear about it enough. No, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. And I mean, I think a lot, you know, our parents didn't discuss their emotions that I'm aware of. I mean, they, maybe they did to each other, but they said, I love you and those kind of things. But there wasn't like, Hey, dad's really stressed and depressed right now because, you know, X, Y, Z is happening. That just wasn't talked about. Yeah. 
dad would probably be at work and right. never home and you know right and that's how they dealt with that's it right. that's exactly right how how was it with with jack and i know he was younger at the time but there's still it doesn't it doesn't matter how did he yes yeah, so jack um and I, you know, I i can never i'll get emotional for the first time here I can't put into words what that little two-year-old provided us in support with just being a kid at the time. He was too young to remember. Mm -hmm. He knew his sister was gone, and I think he knew, and he was sad about it initially, and he's sad about it to this day, but he didn't, he didn't dwell on it. He was looking for the next playmate. Mm -hmm. So his sister's gone, doesn't really understand. She's not coming back. So he just wanted to be a kid, play with toys and go do this and set up a train. And it was kind of that numbing help that was, I just need to focus on him right now and let's make sure he's happy and having a good time. And it helped immensely with keeping you in a daily routine. He has trouble talking about it to this day. And that's, I, I always tell him, you know, any one of us is willing to listen. I try and check in at a minimum, you know, once a quarter specifically about this, or if we're having difficult conversations around, whether it be the fund, her birthday, the anniversary of her death, that, that kind of thing. I'm always checking in. He is someone um, that I would love to get professional help. Because I think he will deal with it. He has to deal with it in a different way than we did. He feels a loss and he doesn't know, I don't think, how to how to place it. Because he doesn't really remember her. Mm -hmm. He knows pictures and he knows stories. And he knows how good of a big brother he was and that kind of stuff. But I don't think he truly remembers the time. I mean, he was... He was just over two years old, you know, so he had her from when he was 18 months to two years. So roughly, so, you know, but he, he loves, you know, the events we do. He loves, you know, remembering her, but he does get emotional mm -hmm. about it. So I think there's some stuff there that I really, I encourage him to talk to somebody professional. It's hard convincing you know, yeah. a teenager who thinks you're the dumbest person on earth, that they need to go see a professional. So, yeah. but, uh, but he's good. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, so, yeah. that was good. Oh, good. So what do you guys have coming? Thank you for sharing your story. So can I, can I add one thing? Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. So I get asked the question a lot. I know somebody who's going through this mm -hmm. or I know someone, you know, my boyfriend, girlfriend, ex, you know, whatever is going through this. How do I help? And the, the only real advice I can give you is be present. Let them know you're there. Let them know you're around. Sit with them. If you're in that close of a relationship with the person, sit with them, be around. But you can't do the work for them. You can't force them to do things. Um, you can't force them to seek professional help, but you can be present. And because you're not going to be able to relate that, you know, what the loss of a child is like, I can't help them and I, I can relate, but everybody's circumstance is different with reasoning behind the, behind the death and whatever it is, all you can be is present, be, be, be there for them and make them dinner. Yeah. Bring them a lunch, make a phone call, check in and 
just have a conversation about anything. The football game last night, playing guitar, mm-hmm. you know, any of those things be present for them. You, you can't, you can't fix the fact that their child's gone, but you can be a, a positive influence in their life while they try and heal through it. So that's good advice. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes people shy back away and cool. they're like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to bug them. And you're saying kind of the opposite, like just reach out and say, hi, what are you doing? That's right. How's it going? Yes. Okay. Yep. That's good advice for me too, because I, like I said, I'm one of those where they're, they're kind of doing their thing and I don't want to, I don't want to bug them where I should probably be reaching out right, and saying hi. Right. It, more often than not, I would say, if you have the feeling I should reach out to this person, you probably should. You know, it's it it more often than not is going to help than hurt. And were you living, were you still in Ohio when this happened? Yes. Okay. We, we were still in Cincinnati. Um, and I, you know, you, you look at, you look at, uh, you know, signs or, you know, fortune, fortune, you know, coming your way. I was offered a job about the year, a year prior to this happening would have been in Atlanta, Georgia. And there are various reasons turned it down and stayed in Cincinnati. And I can't imagine going through that in a brand new place. Mm. That's what I mean by be present is the amount of support that came out of the woods for, you know, meals showing up on our front porch and people showing up on my back porch that night. Just, I don't even know how they heard, but just showing up and, and, you know, holding me and, you know, talking about anything. I I mean, was, was, I don't think it would have been survivable in a place where you didn't know anybody. So thank God I was still in Cincinnati at that point. Um, because down here, knowing nobody would have been, unbearable yeah did you did you feel like the move from there to here helped at all i do i it wasn't the reason um but i do think it was a clean start to help kind of forget some memories because we had to drive by the hospital we had to drive by you know the daycare it was a person's house we had to drive by their house and they were good friends and you know they've it it's how did they handle it the unfortunate fortunate thing is, is I've lost contact and I, I, it has had as, as dramatic of effect on her life as it has ours. Yeah. Um, she wasn't able to speak to us to the day, to the day we left. Um, and I've lost touch with them through Facebook. I'm not really on Facebook anymore, but, um, she was not handling it well. So it had a dramatic effect on their life. I was just thinking about reaching out to them the other day. I don't even know where to start. I guess I could log on Facebook and try and dig it out. But so I think not having to drive by those things and drive by the concert venue we were at and those kind of things helped kind of put some things behind us. But again, I think to some extent we are running from not knowing what to, how to process a lot of things, but that's where you know, 10 years later, I was able to find the help. Not that I, that I needed a couple, you know, 18 Probably, months ago. Yeah. You know, I, I will need more. There's no doubt I will need more. Mm-hmm. So was this, um, w- were you starting with somebody before we went on our trip? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I was probably, it was ironically right at the start of COVID. 
that I started seeing somebody because um, I actually never met the person in person. I like set things up. This this particular, I realized I was I talked to somebody before a few times mm-hmm. and realized I needed a grief counselor. I didn't realize I needed a, I thought I needed like a life counselor. And what I needed was a was a grief counselor. And so I I found this particular guy who I really liked and set up an appointment with him and we like had to cancel it and put it, you know, online. Like, That's a good thing that you just brought up. And the type of counselor that you needed. Yes. Because 10 years later, you're figuring you're like you said, I just need, I need a counselor, a life counselor. What, what's going on and take it all the way back and a grief counselor. You're still, you're still grieving. Yes. That's, that's really important. And and that's where, right. That's very important. And also he had me, within 30 minutes realizing how little I had healed. You know, I, I just assumed like the pain I was in was something that I was just going to be in for the rest of my, rest of my life. And he, you know, he very clearly stated like, it's okay to feel pain, but you shouldn't be laying on the floor, you know, still not able to move. Like you, you are in, you, you, you have not dealt with a lot of things you need to deal with. Mm-hmm. And you know, he gave me amazing ideas. He gave me great work to do outside of talking to him. That was, you know, was really kind of the impetus for this, for the, for the foundation. Um, but it was, yeah, it was right before we started right around, right around the kick in of COVID, but finding that right person and that's finding specifically what I needed, you know, is important. So if you're, you know, if you're looking and you think that it may be related to something like a death, then grief counseling is great. If you, if you're depressed, find someone who specializes in depression, man, it, I can't tell you the, how good it feels when you don't have to deal with the pain that you're stuck in that you think is everyday life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you still go the same amount or have you kind of. How, how often were you going in, in the very beginning? And the reason I asked the question is because I don't think it's something that you can go, I'm going to go see somebody a couple times and I, I should be good. Yeah, correct. Right. That's great. So I was seeing him weekly. Okay. Um, and I think even once I saw him twice in one week, just because we were getting to some really heavy stuff. And he's like, I really don't want to, I really don't want to wait a full week. Do you have time later in the week? So yeah, we but I was seeing him weekly to start with. And then it, it, uh, adjusted to two weeks and then right around our trip, it went to monthly uh, for reference point for people who don't know our trip would have been in July of 2019, 2020, 2020, July of 2020. And coming back from that, it stayed monthly for a little bit. And then he's like, you're doing really well. So we went quarterly and then after we went quarterly a few times, he was like, I'm really proud of you. You're doing great. Here's the things I want you to look for. And if you feel yourself feeling these things again, call me. I don't think you need to see me right now. He's like, but you probably will <laughs> in yeah. the future. But right now you're good. But when you start having this overwhelming feeling, that overwhelming feeling, this X, Y, Z, call me. So um, so it was definitely a process. I would say three months of talking to him weekly um, and then going down to monthly. It was, it's... It's a process. Yep. It's not, you know, you're not going to find this in one meeting. You're not going to get the healing you need in one meeting over 
you know, one, one session with somebody. So can I add something? Sure. I wanted to, um, I want to talk about how the foundation came about, like the actual process of starting it. So I was going through therapy with, um, with my guy. And one of the things he challenged me with was making future memories with my daughter. And it was a, it was a, a concept that would just blew my mind of like, how do you make future memories with someone who died 12 years ago? And, um, he challenged me to think about it. And I had always kicked around in my head, you know, some sort of foundation or fundraising or, you know, organization that was going to be in her honor and her memory. And I never had a great, never had a, it never sat well with me because I didn't know again, like I had mentioned, I didn't, it didn't sound right to just ask for money to donate to another organization. Like why wouldn't you just donate that organization? And then I, I found the outlet device and something was finally clicking in my head with, this is something that we can generate funds for and, and, and hand out. And then I came up with a hundred excuses on why it wasn't going to work. Mm. And you know, not enough time. This isn't going to happen. You know, there won't be enough interest in it. You know, we'll have to, we'll only generate enough for one or two devices, you know, so on and so forth. And I had the excuses all laid out and was really losing momentum on this future memory. And I was talking to a mutual friend of ours at the gym who had just had a baby and the baby was, I believe the baby was early, but was also very small. Mm-hmm. And I was just having a, a nice conversation with, with him in the, the back room. And he was talking about how they couldn't keep weight on, on the baby. And they, they, they were struggling. And I could see the fear in his eyes. Like, and it like, almost like a lightning bolt hit me that there can be a million excuses, but you need to make this happen. Like Mm -hmm. get past the excuses. And I sat down in the car and bought my first device and had no idea, you know, pulled it right out of my, out of my, my bank account, had no idea how the foundation was going to be set up, how future events were going to be, were going to look. But I was like, this needs to happen. This needs to happen now. And we need to move this thing forward. Quit limiting yourself and start making future memories. And from that point on, it's just been a snowball. I sat down and talked to Corey um, real quickly about, can I use your facility? And he was like, not only can you use it, you can use it as often as you want, as many times as you want, like whatever you need, it's there. You know, I talked to some friends about helping me organize a shirt. Boom, just happened, you know, and within six weeks, we had a, you know, a, a event lined up, organized that generated enough for, I think, 15, 20 devices this wow. year. And I could have let those excuses hold me back. But it's, you've got to find the passion to move forward and say, damn the excuses. We'll figure out the details. Yeah. But we're going to get this going. We're going to get this moving now. That's that whole thing, what I was telling, you know, people about, and it gets stuck in their head. And and most of them, and I'm the same way, I go, this will never happen, and this is why. Instead of, this is going to be great, and this is how we're going to do it. Right. You always, and that is so powerful. But 
you just took that first step. Had, had to take that first step. Boom. Const- and then ask for help. That's right. And you ask your tribe for help and they just come after it. And I had more help than I knew what to do with. Mm-hmm. And I had more devices pre, pre the event than I thought we were going to raise in the event. Yeah. It was amazing. No, that's great. Yep. Just taking that step. That's right. Good for you. Yep. Excellent. And now, you know, moving forward, you've started this fund. What else are you looking to do? With the fund? Yep. With the fund. And how do you want to grow it? And do you do you think that you're going to do anything more with regard to this? Or is this kind of what you've got time for? So, no, I have a one, three, five-year okay. plan for the fund. It will be less aggressive than what a Wall Street person would want you to put in place for a one, three, five-year plan. But I want to continue to grow and provide these devices or a similar device if, if the need arises. But I hope to get to the point that we are providing, you know, I don't know if it would be counseling, but I want to, I want to expand to just more than just providing devices. I want to raise more awareness for SIDS. But I the ultimate dream in five years would be to provide, you know, some sort of counseling for people who have lost a child. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that happens, um, but it's it's written down as the five year goal. Um, so right now, we'll figure out in a couple years how we get to that point. If we can team with a, a hospital, if we can, you know, there's things I need to vet out on that end. But so yes, we definitely want to expand. We want to expand on the number of devices we're giving out per year. The, the awareness of the fund itself so that maybe you see a shirt you know, that we sold has nothing to do with CrossFit. That would be my hope yeah. you know, that we get to that point that it's, it's not a CrossFit driven event, but we'll see. That's, but it's definitely in, it's definitely in the cards to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. But it's a good place to start the CrossFit and the CrossFit community and yes, start where your people are. That's right. It's an amazing community. It's, it's an amazing giving community. People who don't know CrossFit, it really does... Uh, bring out the best in people, in my opinion, for my personal side, mm-hmm. um, to want to give, to want to help, to want to be a part of it. It's, you know, their, their support's been, been amazing. Are you, when's the next event? So our main event that we right now, the, the main event we have yearly is an event called Barbells and Butterflies. It's coming up April 30th. Um, details coming still. So like when I said we're expanding small, I think we had eight heats of the event. It's going to be a similar format, half hour heats. Um, I think we'll expand to like 10, maybe 12. Okay. We're going to see if we can get some commitments from some other gyms to take up some spots, but we don't want to have this be an all day event because I think we really hit a really nice spot of fun and fundraising and you know, a good event. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to be there at four thirty in the morning and still be there at eight thirty at night. Right? Can we get to an event that can get there? Yes, but I want it to happen at the right pace. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to try and you know double the amount of heats and have a vendor village and it be too much and not be an enjoyable situation and not something people want to come back and do right now. I'm hearing people, I can't wait for it to come back. Yeah. So I want to keep the demand up essentially. Um, so we'll expand a little bit. We will have some extra heats. We will have probably a few vendors to be there and provide some sort of recovery, you know, massage or mm-hmm. cryotherapy or something. We'll have food. We'll have beer. It'd be a fantastic time. Yeah. It we'll was a lot of music. I remember the last time Are it we, was good food. The, the music was fantastic. The music was out of this world. Out of this world. 
live music. Yes. It was I'm, fantastic. Probably the best I've heard in Charlotte. <laughs> At least there. Yeah. Right there within that square quarter mile. I, I agree with you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the guitar players for that band yeah. are probably the best looking dudes in Charlotte. And they, they play so well. So well. And they play very upbeat, very fast music. I mean, it's rock and roll yep. all the way through. Whether it's supposed to be or not. <laughs> It is good stuff. <laughs> Are you still playing your guitar? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yep. Every day. I know. I got to get back. We have to get back playing together. Yes. And, you know, like I was thinking when you were talking about therapy, I was thinking like anything else, it's practice. And I, you're not going to pick up the guitar and go to three sessions and all of a sudden you're great. Right, right. right. It's practice and it's something to work at. Yes. And same with therapy. But uh, how can people find you? So our main our main you know voice is through at four Joss Funds. That's a number four at four Joss Fund on Instagram. That is our main communication outlet right now. There's a link to our Venmo page and I think PayPal page um, for donations. We our donations are open year round, but you know we have like I said, we have some major events that uh, that we try and push towards where we're actually trying to trying to generate a lot of funds. Um, and then we sell T-shirts. They're open. That that store is available through 485 Media. Um, that the shirts are always up, and I'm excited about this year's shirt. It's a little more stylish. Mm-hmm. A little more 70s, 80s vibe to it, which nice. is hopefully something people want to wear out more than just to work out in. But uh, should be that should all be posting very soon. The new shirt, a little more details. We're gonna we're gonna release details as we nail them down for the event. But the date is set of uh, April 30th. April 30th. The workout will be a little bit different for you CrossFitters out there. It won't be the exact same workout. And but it will still be a similar format of thir- heats every thirty minutes, probably some sort of twenty to twenty five minute AM wrap of uh, doing something or some amount of work. Plus, if you click on the link in in the Instagram uh, bio, it'll have it's got two other links too. One of them explains the outlet sock, and the other one explains and and has some awareness on um, SIDS itself. Yes. So if you're, you know, you're looking for information too. SIDS.org is an amazing site. It was one of the struggles we had with putting this foundation together. It didn't make sense to me to have people donate money for me to just donate it to another foundation. And Mm -hmm. SIDS.org does a great job of, that's S-I-D-S. They do a great job of getting information. They have fantastic information for people. You know, a lot of the people don't like to hear. Don't have your baby sleep face down in the first year. That's, that's hard for some parents. But the fact is, your baby is much safer sleeping on their back for the first year. So they have a, it's a tremendous website. It's a tremendous, they do a lot of great work. So, you know, yes, definitely click through there and, and check out their, their site for a lot of information about SIDS, how to prevent it. Share the information with your with your friends and family, people who are having a baby. It's it's always good to know those those inf- that information. Cool. I appreciate you coming and telling your story. That's it. We're done. That's it. Man, that was easy. You got more? <laughs> no, I don't. We can talk about our clothes, our jeans, <laughs> our jean game. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me. It's uh, it's great to uh, to get the name out there and to continue yep. to grow it. So, no, I hope that this helps, and not only the fund. I hope that this will help anybody that may be struggling with something to know that go and seek help and talk about it 
and and heal. I mean, life life is too short to um, go through it with some type of pain. You know, go go heal and right. put your pride away. Exactly. Cool. Thanks, Thanks for the buddy. time, Rob. All right, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beyond Grit with your host, me, Robert Young. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell somebody about it. You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. And be sure to tune in every Wednesday for another exciting success story of somebody going beyond grit. Until then, take care.